Welcome to the Agape Podcast. I'm Beck, a passionate, sold-out lover of Jesus who accidentally started a Christian singles ministry. And now I want to help as many people as possible to find their husband or wife while being super healthy and full of hope. So get ready for some real, raw talk about all things singleness and dating. Hello, I hope everybody's doing mighty fine. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it again. I had to. You had to do it. You had to do it. He's putting on this I accent. He's trying it. to play up to being very Texan and like live up to the stereotype, but you actually don't sound like that in real life, <laughs> which you will no. see. He'll start to lose it as we talk. It's like that Friends episode where he has to phase out his fake accent because he started with it and then and then like he can't sustain it because it's too hard, so he has to phase it out. <laughs> And yeah. like in little bits, and they're like, "Hey, what happened to your accent, man?" And he's like, "Um." <laughs> so yeah, I thought that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to have Jared on today, guys. We are going to talk about some pretty real and raw stuff. So I'm hope I hope you're ready for it, um, because Darren has an incredible testimony of coming from a place of brokenness and would you say distance from the Lord, like not even really knowing the Lord. Um, going through some mm-hmm. incredible trials, um, betrayals, uh, divorce, and then actually having the Lord, finding the Lord and, and having him really redeem uh, dating and relationships. And so my heart for today is really to encourage people who have been through divorce. Um, for those of you who know, my husband uh, was married before as well. And he has just the most heartbreaking, t- like incredibly... Oh, I just, I, I think I cried the first time he told me his story. And I'm really excited to share that with you guys um, sometime soon. But I just feel like there's so much hope that can be, that can, that can, um, that can come for people who have gone through this. It's such a, such a heartbreaking thing, but there is hope in Christ on the other side of it. And that's why I'm really amen. excited. Um, amen. I'm really excited to have Darren talk today <laughs> because I know that many of you, um singles you know are single because you have you have gone through a divorce you have been married before um and and also i I hope today actually gives singles empathy for people who are um or or should i say singles who have never been married um empathy for people who are divorced because i know that five years ago i would i i used to think about divorce very differently um used to be a lot more um black and white, this is, you know, this is bad, and rah, rah, rah. Um, and I would never even consider dating somebody that had been divorced, honestly, and actually starting to get to know people and their stories, and um, seeing, like, oh, okay, if your wife cheats on you and leaves you, like, that's not really your fault, <laughs> um, you know, and, and actually, like, actually um, have empathy for them as well, and go, you know what, I am in no position to judge, I can just champion you and love you where you're at. And so when um, my now husband told me his story, I remember being like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I can totally see that, you know, although there's two contributing parties, I'm so sorry you went through this. And like, 
I'm not going to hold that against you and I, I'm no position to judge. Whatever somebody's story is, wherever they're, they're at with the Lord, um, whatever their revelation was in the moment. Um, and I just I also hope that today brings that level of empathy and understanding um, for people who have gone through things. And you know what? Maybe they didn't do it well. Maybe it wasn't perfect, you know. Um, but... Yeah, I just feel like it's such a loaded topic and I'm really excited to just have some truth come in. And so Darren, I would love to know, you kind of told me a little bit before we jumped on the podcast, but do you want to tell us the story of um, kind of where you were at before you got married, how that came to be, um, yeah, and just kind of delve into it. I, I feel like you, you're really going to be able to just take the reins and run with it. So yeah. take it away, let's 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 hear the story and then i'd love to ask you some questions awesome so how much do you want to know i'm perfectly comfortable sharing as much as you want to know yeah i think let's go deep let's All go right. deep and let's go raw Sounds because good. i feel like you know what in the church we sugarcoat things too much we yeah. can't talk about real stuff and then people are struggling and they think they're alone um oh yeah like just a little example like marriage i'm like this is super tough actually being married is like actually hard. um no one told me this i thought we were going to just like be in sync and it'll be amazing and now that i'm married i started talking to people who are newly married or have been married for like you know two years they're like yeah first year was like the hardest time or first eight months even my friend yesterday we married eight months she's like it, it's been really tough and no one tells you I'm like, oh my gosh, we just need to start talking about stuff so people don't feel alone and actually can ask for help and not feel like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible, like we're terrible people, like whatever. So yeah. I'm really against like this whole like cookie cutter, pretend you're perfect kind of um, thing that we do. I'm like, let's get real, let's get real, yeah. let's be vulnerable, I invite like people into our mess because only freedom only. I, I really believe that. I won't say freedom only comes that way, but freedom really comes that way. So yeah. go for it. Awesome. Well, um, just thank you, Beck, for um, for reaching out to me. Um, my my story is going to be unique to those that haven't walked through anything like this. But for those that have walked through something like this, I know it's going to bring about a lot of freedom and a lot of encouragement for them. Um, just letting them know that they aren't the only ones in this situation. So it started, basically, it started... Um, the story all started about, you know, my divorce. It all started when I was in high school, my, my uh, senior year in high school, actually, um, senior year in high school. And I had just, I had just graduated. Um, and I was like on the verge to go into college and my, uh, my little sister, my younger sister had some friends over, or she had a friend over, they were staying the night. And I can't remember if we were like partying or, or what it was, like maybe maybe we were celebrating me graduating. I can't remember the, the specific date, um, but I know it was like really close to me graduating. I do know that. Um, so anyways, my, uh, my stepdad had actually, um, he had too much to drink and then he had went into my sister's room and started to put him place himself on top of my my little sister's friend who was 12 at the time um yeah so that happened and I didn't know about it by the way I had no clue and I think I was I don't know what I was doing I was doing something and I just got a text message from this 
from my younger sister's friend, and I'm not going to share any names, my younger sister's friend, older sister, her older sister reached out to me and texted me and was like, hey, can we talk? And I was like, all right, sure, why not? And I was, honestly, I did not know what to expect in that moment. I was like guessing, I was like guessing the whole way over there. She was like, we need to meet over here. And so she's like, she told me to meet at a park, at a local park. So I went and met her at this local park. And I'm like, this is so weird. At first, if I'm honest, at first I was like, I hope she's not like, you know, trying to ask me out or something like that. Cause I'm not for that. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm being serious. Um, that's just like where my mind was at that moment. I was kind of afraid, but anyways, I still went anyways, showed up over there and then her boyfriend had stepped out and I was like, Oh, praise God. You know, it's not anything like that. But then it got, um, it got a little weird because I was like, wait, why is he here? And why is she here? And so she walks over to me and she hands me, um, her phone. Well, apparently her little sister was texting her and, you know, thankfully she had, the little sister had her older sister in her life and they had a a relationship that was strong enough to where the little sister could reach up to her. But anyways, like I started reading and she was texting back and forth to her older sister what had happened and it got down to the end and and she was like, who was it? And she was like, it was so-and-so. Well, my stepdad and my little brother have the same name. So she was like, Serena's, or sorry, this person's brother? And she was like, no, her dad. And that's whenever, like, for me, it was like, it stuck me, like, in my heart. It was like, what the heck? Like, I was, I was so taken back like in that moment so there were like so many emotions so many thoughts just going through my head but at the same time it was like everything just like froze and so and I'm, I'm gonna start wrapping up um, here in a little bit because this is gonna lead towards towards my story um, with my my uh, my previous marriage and my divorce and things like that um, so anyways um, I, t- I told them look we've got to tell my mom and so we uh, we got together. Um, you know, my mom was there. It was my mom. It was me. It was, I don't know if the little girl's parents were there or not. I can't remember. But my stepdad wasn't there. He was out of town at work. And um, so we were all there. And I kind of had already made up my mind. And I know this is, this is probably not, Probably not everybody should be here, but this is where I was at. I was just like, in my mind, I was like, mm-hmm. if she stays with him, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm leaving. Like, I, I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we were talking with, we were talking with them, and they shared the news with her, and um, she was like, she was devastated. She was, she was just like torn, as you can imagine. And that mm-hmm. night, um. I don't know if I just sensed that she was going to stay with him or if she had said something. I want to say she had said something um, about staying with him, and that just, like, triggered my mind. I was like, look, I'm out. I'm gone. Um, and the reason being is because there were other instances like this in their marriage. I mean, not, not the exact same, but there were other instances in their marriage that 
were like this that had happened and I'm like look you know enough is enough you know you've in my mind you've got to protect your kids um and mm-hmm. and you know I'm not I'm not shaming my mom or casting you know any kind of shade at her or anything like that I'm not throwing shade at her but you know she was broken and I had already made up my mind and and so anyways that's where my mind my mind be made up that's where it came from is having other occurrences like and this. How Say this again. How I was 18 this at this time. How old were you? I was 18 at this okay. time. And so anyways, like I said, I made up my mind and it was, it was that night. I think my mom um, had called me in and like, I was, you know, trying to help her fall asleep and just trying to bring comfort to her. But at the same time, I had already made up in my mind, look, I'm, I'm done. And so that night I ended up packing all my stuff. I called my biological father who lived four hours away and he drove all the way to uh, San Angelo, which is where I was at. And he guided me all the way back down south, and I stayed with him. And at that point, like, we were by, – by the way, mind you, we were in church. We were in youth group, doing all the things, going on mission mm-hmm. trips, like, all of that stuff. And and this happened. Oh, and wow. so for me, at that point, I'm like, mm-hmm. God, how could you do this? Like, we're doing all the things. Like, every box is checked off. How could you allow this to happen? And so it, it created mm-hmm. a, uh, a false image of God in my mind at that moment. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm doing all these things. We're doing all these things for you, and you're going to let this happen. I'm out. So basically I checked out on my stepdad, checked out on my mom, and then I checked out on God. And I was like, I'm done. And so I ran away. And like I said, I, did, I wanted nothing to do with God. Um and it was interesting because, like, all of my brothers and sisters and my family, like, they turned towards God in that moment. Like, when all, when that all happened, like, they turned towards God um, more and, like, they pressed in more. What? But I was the total opposite. I was like, I want nothing to do with him. Um, but that was because I didn't have a foundation. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. It was It was religion. That's what it was. And so whenever you're living mm-hmm. a lifestyle of religion, anytime something doesn't happen, when you're doing A plus B and it doesn't equal the expectation that you had, you're like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to another problem. I'm going to go to something else. Um, so that's what happened for me. And I was running away from God. Um, and then I met my uh, – she's my ex-wife now, but I met her then. Um, by the way, Beck, do you want me to keep going? you want me to stop? How do you want to do this? No, this is great. Right. Just keep going. I'll, I'll ask questions All as they right. come up. But honestly, I love I love that you're giving the backstory of like where your heart was because it sounds like you were just hurting and distant. And that's like a really traumatic yeah. thing to go through. And so I love that there's context of like, oh, what was little 18-year-old <laughs> Darren going through? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I just felt I felt let down by everybody. Um you know, from, from my mom, my, my stepdad and, and then God too, because like I said, we were doing all the things and he, he, of course, you know, now I know it wasn't him. I know that now, then I didn't know that um, because it was more just religion based. We weren't, we weren't taught relationship. It was more, you go to church, you, you know, you read your Bible, you go to church camp and that was it. You know, um, there wasn't, there wasn't really any, um, any rooting or foundation um with relationship with christ if that makes sense 
Um, so anyways, that happened, uh, met my ex-wife. Um, we started having premarital sex. Um, I think we were probably dating for like a month and a half and she got pregnant. And by this time I was, I was back to talking with my parents. Um, and especially my mom, I was talking to my mom, I guess I shouldn't say my parents. I was talking with my mom at this, at this point. Um, and I called her and told her what was going on and, and by the way, my mom is very well-meaning. I'm, I'm not trying to paint anybody as um, as a bad person or anything like that. It's really what it is at the end of the day. It's just ignorance. Um, it's just not knowing. It's like Becky said the other day in, in one of the uh, the talks that we had. You know, you just didn't know what you didn't know. And and that's where it was at that point. She had said. Um, she said, well, son, you know, you've got to make it right in God's eyes, so you've got to get married. And so we were like, okay, talked with talked with my uh, my girlfriend at the time. Um, we decided, you know, we're going to go ahead and get married. And by the way, I'm not pursuing God still. I want nothing to do with him. And it was so bad, actually. It was so bad. I remember my brother, uh, my older brother was in town visiting, and I was driving my pickup truck. And he had a Cutlass CD in, and he had uh, he had put it in the radio, and I was so I was so hurt and I was so up angry with God that I literally wanted to take the whole radio out of the truck and just throw it out of the window, because I was so just I was so torn, so torn. I wanted nothing to do with God, um, or who I thought God was. That's that's a that's a probably should distinguish that. Um, so anyways, that was happening. Um, then we ended up, I was with my, so I'm with my ex-wife. We ended up getting married January 7th, 2012. This was after our first daughter was born. Um, and then we have another daughter in March, uh, March 27th, 2013. And our marriage, you know, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what you would call, you know, a marriage that was honoring to God. I guess that's the best way to put it. You know, we were partying, we were partying, we were drinking, you know, didn't, didn't want anything to do with God. Um, we would go to church occasionally. And that was really just to, you know, to say, yeah, you know, I did, I went to church once a year, so I'm still a Christian. <laughs> so sad. Uh, but anyways, that was happening. And then it was in October of 2013 um, where I, I had actually started seeking a relationship with another female and ended up cheating on my, my – she's my ex-wife now, but ended up cheating on her then. And it was actually it – was, it was her sister, and this is probably a lot of information. I'm sorry, guys, um, if this is hard and raw for y'all. Um, so, yeah, that happened – and I think the, the night that it happened, like I couldn't sleep the next day, woke up and no, that night, that night I couldn't sleep. And it was like, I think it was like one or two in the morning, something like that. And I had, I just had to tell her. And so I told her and she broke down and she was, she was torn. She was hurt. So as you can see, it's just like this vicious cycle of, of people being hurt. I don't know if y'all are picking up on that, but just, it's just hurt, you know, it's that, it's that whole saying, like, hurt people, hurt people, and free people, free people. 
Um, that's that's exactly what's going what on say. here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Cut. that's exactly what's going on right now. And so that happened. I cheated on her, and and in that moment when I did that, um, like I was telling back, um, and I tell this to everybody. In that moment, I just I just felt like this is Darren talking to Darren. Like, wow, you've really messed up. You've messed up your whole life. You've now now you've not only hurt your life, you've hurt you know your wife's life. You've hurt, you know, her whole family's life. You've hurt your daughter's life. You, you have messed up so many lives. You are messed up. And, um, and that was really tough. And the, uh, so this is, I'm trying to get a little emotional here. Um, in this point, like Darren felt, wow, you've really come to the end of yourself. You need help. And I remember calling my mom. I remember calling my mom, and she was four hours away. And she, when she found out, when she heard, she dropped it. She was drove. She dropped it. She was doing it. She drove four hours to meet me. And when she met me, she wasn't. She wasn't like, son, I'm disappointed in you. She wasn't like, how could you do this? She just. When she met me, I was at work, and I walked outside, and I'll never forget, I just started bawling. I started bawling. I started walking up towards my mom, and she just hugged me, and and that's all it took. There were no words. She just hugged me, and she was just there for me, and I don't think she knows, but what that did for me in that moment was like so, it was so catastrophic to where I am now, like for her to just show up and to just hug me was like wow like I didn't know that 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 existed um I I had no idea and so that started like the transformation of my heart like that moment right there that just started the the transformation of me like wow there's something else out there that I'm missing out on um so that was the first thing um and then um and then we are we were going to church uh so then we started going to church more and more like I said, you know, Darren had felt, this is it. You know, this is it. You've just really messed it up. Um, so we started going to church, um, you know, repented, you know, confessed, um, all the things. And, you know, my ex and I, we were really trying to work through it. And it was tough, um, as you can imagine, you know, working through something like that. This was, you know, her sister. So it was really tough for her. Um, so we were trying to work through it and I could just tell she was so hurt and I, there was really nothing I could do. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough place to be in, um, knowing that you were the person that, that caused hurt towards another person, another individual, but also living with them. And like, I was the person she depended on, but I was also the person who hurt her. So it's that same cycle that, you know, that, that started with me. Um, and so anyways, I remember we were at church and this is, this is the next thing that like really just like started really, God, like really started grabbing a hold of my heart. Um, we were in church one day and, you know, they always do like an altar call and, you know, and I was like, man, I'm so tired of seeing her hurt. I was so tired of, of her not having anybody that could really pour into her. And so I just went up in front of the church and um, I talked with one of the deacons and I was like, man, I really want to share something that's on my heart. And so I got up there and, 
And by by this point, like I had I had like seen like no, this wasn't like this wasn't Darren's stepdad. This was way before then things that had been building up in my life. Um, so I was I was molested whenever I was I think three or four, and so that started that happened, and then I was exposed to pornography when I think I was like six or seven, something like that. And so it just started like this vicious cycle. So anyways, they had, they had made an altar call. So I went and I didn't tell them about the molestation, but I told them like about the pornography addiction and like how that had just like really affected my life. And now it's affected my marriage. And you would have thought, (laughs) you'd have thought that when I was sharing this message, like it was so quiet. You could literally hear a pin drop. And at the end of sharing, you know, my life and my battle, you just thought everybody was like gone, but there was, it was almost like you were in heaven. There is a line from front to back of people just, just there, just letting you know, Hey, we're here for you. That was it. Like, like no shame, no condemnation. Like we want to walk with y'all through this. And it was just so beautiful. Like that's another one of those things that just like God used. Oh my God, man! You know we're gonna get this emotional, but it's just one of those things. <laughs> I know I'm crying. This is the second it's so time. It's good though. Like it, it's literally just <laughs> oh like gosh. this is those God moments. Like we had to do this defining moment course in BSSM, and I wrote about this because I was like, this was God. Like this is, this was God. Like this doesn't make sense in in the culture this doesn't make sense you know in the world like if you mess up hey everybody is there they're ready to beat you row you you know whatever you know they're they're ready to come after you but this was totally opposite like people are literally lined up just just ready to hug you and and to just say that they're here for you like oh my goodness it was it was so defining for me i wasn't expecting that and so you know, I just started, that was like the tipping point. That was a starting point for me of, okay, I'm going to start really diving in. So what it was for me, Beck, was one, my mom, like I could cry about that over and over and over again. But my mom just like walking up to me and hugging me and just embracing me. Like it was that. And then it was the church. It was, it was it was like tasting and seeing. It was like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good because in that moment I was so worthy. I, I did all the bad things for them to come and you say, You did this, you're that, you know, you're horrible, you know, all of these things, but it was the opposite. It was like that kindness leading to repentance. It was like that kindness of God, you know, where where Paul talks about, you know, don't you know that it's the kindness of God that is to lead you to repentance. Well, like they were showing the kindness and what it produced in me was repentance because like I started repenting of all of that. I started saying, I don't want none of that. And then I started thinking of God differently. That's really what it was. The the kindness led to repentance and repentance is like changing the way you think. Well, their kindness changed the way I thought about God, which is true repentance. And I'm just like, wow. I never knew this. And so anyways, um, that happened. I saw you taking notes. Do you have questions? Uh, you want to? Wow. 
I am taking notes. No, I just some points okay. for for like kind of when you're towards the okay. end because I'm like, oh, we need to hit these points okay. hard that you're you're pressing on. But please continue because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just getting wrecked over here. <laughs> I haven't shared it like this raw in a long time, probably since Bethel. Um, but anyways. Wow. And it's amazing because it's like the testimony keeps reminding you of the goodness of God. And sometimes yeah. I need to preach it to myself, my testimony of my salvation. Oh. Because I'm like, oh, how could I ever doubt you? Like now this far in my walk and I have these moments of like, God, what are you doing? Where are you? And I'm like, wait, when I, every time so I tell good. my testimony, I'm like, oh, why would I ever doubt? And I so love this. Good. It just yeah, reminds it does. It you really, of the goodness really of does. God, hey? Like it's taking me back. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, so, so. That happened, and then the church, uh, we started going to church more, trying to get more involved, um, but um, my ex was really, um, she was really hurt, as you can imagine. She was so hurt to the point that it was hard for her to really open up, um, and so she, you know, I'm, again, I'm not talking bad about her. She she was hurt, you know. She was hurt her whole life, too, you know. She, she went through, and I'm not going to share her story, but she went through a lot of the similar things that I went through. Um, and so she was just hurt, like, like a lot, her whole life too. Um, but she, uh, she wasn't really, uh, I don't think, I don't think she was really ready to seek wholeness. And so she started, she started doing the very thing that I had done. You know, she started cheating on me, talking with other guys. Um, and I think it was, and by the way, you know, I would love, I would love it every time we encounter God to be perfect the next day, but that's just not, that's just not going to happen. Like there's sanctification. Um, So Darren was, the reason I'm saying that is Darren was still on a journey, you know, to become more like Christ. Um, So it was a lot for her to have to deal with. It was a lot for her to have to walk through with me because I was still trying to, I was on my journey to get whole while I was in a relationship um, which isn't the healthiest thing. And so I think that's what we're probably, that's probably one of the questions that Beck's going to ask towards the end. Um, but anyways, uh, so she started having relationships with other men. And I think the third relationship, she finally decided, you know what, I'm out. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I was still on my journey. Um, this had happened twice before and I had found out about it. And, I think after the second time, I was kind of numb. I was like, you know what? If if you're not happy, I mean, you know, don't, I'm not going to make you stay here. I'm not going to make you stay in this relationship. I mean, I wanted her to stay, but at the same time, um, it seemed like she was looking for a way out. Um, uh, so anyways, yeah, so that happened. The third guy came around, and she finally decided, you know what? I'm gone. Me and the girls, uh, we we were left. She had left. Um, the girls with me. So we were, we were just being the girls for probably about a year and a half. Um, and she would see them from time to time. Um, and then the girls were going through so much. So it was just this vicious cycle of everybody getting hurt. But, um, but the Lord didn't stop. Like he didn't stop working on me. Like there's so much redemption, like in my heart and in my daughter's hearts that have happened since that. And all it took was just those two defining moments, my mom and and my church, um, just like being there for me. And that's what it took for me to like start seeking the Lord. Um, 
but anyway, so that happened. She left, and then it was me and the girls for a year and a half, and the girls were back with her. And now I've been, I've just been seeking the Lord. Like, I, I just can't get enough of him. Like, there were times, like, where I was just, like, reading scripture after scripture. And by the way, you know, Darren, for those of you who think, oh, Darren must have been perfect after, you know, he found out the Lord was good. No, it didn't happen that way. Like, Darren was still going through his sanctification process. Like, I was still battling pornography. I was still battling um, smoking cigarettes. Um, during during that year and a half span. And then I ended up finally, I was like, you know what? I need to move back to San Angelo. I need to be back closer to my mom. Um, my stepdad and I still weren't on talking terms in that point, but me and my mom were like really good. Um, and she was able to be there for the girls, you know, for a motherly figure um, to just kind of like pour into their lives. Um, yeah, and so I've just been seeking the Lord ever since and haven't stopped. And it's just been amazing, amazing. Like the like the the transformation now. Like you would have never thought. You would have never thought. I remember I was sharing my story uh, back. You know Andrew McPhee, right? Well, I was I was sharing I was sharing my story with him one day, and he was yeah. like, "Bro, I would have never guessed." And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's Jesus. I mean, when you seek him, never guessed. You will find never him. Guessed. But it, in finding him, you find who you were made to be. And, like, he just starts, like, forming you. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's so – it has, like, this ripple effect for everybody around you. And so, like, now my daughters are, like, super amazing. They're, like, preaching the gospel to people. They're, like, mm-hmm. praying for people to be healed. And, like, these are all the things. But they at the, at the, at the end of the day, my girls know that their God is good. They know that they can go to him. They know they can talk with him. And that, for me as a dad, that's what it's all about. It's about them knowing, hey, he is numero uno, and he's daddy number one. I'm daddy number two. And so it's, it's funny. You'll ask them now. You'll ask them now. I actually asked them in front of a friend the other day because I was trying to be cocky and arrogant. I was like, who's the best daddy in the world? I thought they were going to say me, and they were like, God. I was like, oh, crap, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Why did we teach him to say that? I, just I forgot that like, I told hey, you to look, say this on cue. Like, he's, he's so good. Like, he is He is so good. He's not He's not like Daddy. Like, Daddy's trying to be like him. Um, so, anyways, and also, by the way, also, like, the relationship between my ex and mm-hmm. I, also like just redemption we were like not we were not doing good like there were a bunch of text messages that were just heated they were bad like you're this you're that you're horrible and how could you do this well you did this and you did that and this this was going on for a while as you can imagine um Mm -hmm. and i think this was in 2016 i was like you know what i just need to start praying for her and I, t- I told this to a, I told this to a pastor friend of mine. I was like, the crazy thing is, I started praying for her for God to change her, and He changed me. And I'm like, God, what the heck? I was praying for her to change her, and He was like, Yeah, if I can change you, <laughs> then I can possibly change her by your kindness. It's the same thing that I did with your mom, with the church, all of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So now, like, now we have like an amazing relationship wow. like 
like I'm not saying she's perfect. She doesn't always talk the greatest about me, but like when we're when we're face to face, like she's very cordial. Like and the girls like she she used to be like way worse, but now like with the girls she's not like saying, Oh, your dad this, oh your dad that like a lot of that has has just like leveled out. It's amazing. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. Come on. Wow. I love that. I love that. And so how would you say dating looks for you now? Mm-hmm. Like now that you have gone through this redemption, like you've met Jesus, you're allowing him to work on your heart. Um, you know, you're not doing things the way you, yeah. you did them when you were 18, 19, looking for love, um, looking for affirmation, kind of trying to fill this hole and this void with other things. What's the difference now and yeah. how are you approaching it in a more, yeah. as a more healthy so Darren? I would say to kind of healthy Darren person is, <laughs> is now focused on what can I bring to the table? What can I do for this person? Um, but at the same time, like mm-hmm. knowing where I'm at, knowing my identity and knowing what the Lord has created marriage for, like that is, that is so, it's so important to have that down because if Darren thinks, here's the thing, Darren could very easily think, oh, you know, you're a mess up, you're a single dad, no one's going to want to marry you, you know, you don't have anything to offer. Well, it's just not true. I've got a lot to offer. I mean, I've got an amazing relationship with my daughters. I've got an amazing relationship with my daughter's mom. I've got Come an on. amazing yeah, relationship with Christ. Like, I'm in tune with the Spirit. I've got the Holy Ghost. Like, all of these things. I'm like, no, you've got, yeah, 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 I've got my own business. <laughs> you have your own business? But really, really, at the end of well. it, really, if you want to know, I've got so much <laughs> love to give. Whereas before I didn't have that. And the reason being is because I wasn't receiving that love. But now because I've received all that love, I've received all that redemption. It's like, man, I've got love on love to give. <laughs> that's the way that's that's the way I see it. Come yeah. on. I love it. If you guys could see this face, it really is. It's like when you know the love of God, <laughs> so like sweet. how much he's loved you, it's so easy to love people. And so, like, when I think about my future wife, like, if I can say mm-hmm. this, I'm not saying that Darren's – I'm not going to say that – You, I don't, I don't wish divorce on anybody, by the way. Divorce is not a means to a gain, by the way. Do not, do not go through a marriage and get divorced so yeah. that you can end up better on the other side. No, Jesus yeah. is the reason Darren ended up better on the other side. Let's be honest, okay? It wasn't because I went through divorce. It's because I was like, you know what? I, I forfeit. I'm giving it up to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The quicker you do that, the better your life will be. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, it's, no, it, that wasn't his plan. It's, it's, Honestly, I like, totally believe it's it, not his plan, right? So, like, for marriage. like. Yes, he's so good. Yeah, But if you go through that, he is so good on the other side. And he is so good through yeah. it. And all, like, yeah. through the whole process, there can be so the much reality healing is, and redemption and good the goodness of God I can even, be displayed through it. Before I even got into marriage. But I, I had not yet had my mind renewed to think that. Yep. And so that was, that was on me, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. on, it wasn't Come on up. anybody. And I think that we've really got to remember that. We've got to, mm-hmm. we've got to keep that up. Uh, not necessarily owning that you're a failure, but owning like the parts where you could have done better. Like I don't, I don't own Darren as a failure. No, 
I don't, I don't do that. But I do see mm-hmm. where I could have done better, or I could have done this, or I could have thought that, you know. Um, so, anyways, to answer your question, um, what dating looks like mm-hmm. now is number one, what do I bring to the table? Number two, what does she bring to the table? And you know, when I when I when I say bring to the table, it you know, how can mm-hmm. she represent Christ in my daughter's lives? How can she represent Christ in my life and in the lives around me? That's that's what I'm looking at now. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so how talk to me a little bit about how um you found it being a divorced dad of two uh, on the dating scene, <laughs> like some okay. of the things, uh, the, the pro, some of the challenges, some of the things yeah. that you found really good. Um, let's give hope, but also realistic, like, Hey, this is kind of the things that I've had to deal yeah. with that maybe if I wasn't married before and didn't have children, I, pro- I might not have to so, do it. Just to like give people a little bit of a realistic a, a view of what it's like. answer because If, if I'm honest, like, it being tougher, the things that are tougher is, like, the uh, the day-to-day things. Like, I've got to find a sitter. Like, I've, I've got to be, I've got to mm-hmm. make sure that I, that, I, that dates align with my scheduled time with my daughters. Like, that, that's more the tough part. Um... But here's where I, here's what I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, mm-hmm. There's this there's this there's this belief system that because I'm a single dad, I've I've got to settle for second best, and it's just not true. Like it's not true. It, it's it's not it's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the heart of the father. Nope, um, not true. He's looking for someone that's going to bless my daughters and that's going to bless me. Like that that is his goal. And that is not when he thinks about that. It's not second best. Um, so, but what I will say though, at the same time though, you will have you will have. Let me tell you this to so all the single dads out there and and all the single moms out there, you will have people who will say, "Well, you know, I really wasn't looking for someone that has kids." And this is what I'm going to say to you: Great, that's awesome. They are amazing. They are awesome. You know, what the Father has for them is amazing. They are entitled to what they want. Like, I see the value in them, and I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. I understand that mm-hmm. that this is not what you're looking for. It's not for everybody. And the other thing is, you don't. I don't know that you would really want to yoke up with someone who, who doesn't feel they can, they have that grace on their life or that mercy um, on their life, and by the way, they're no less of a Christian. Um, we need to squash that. I- we need to squash that idea. The thing is, he- here's the thing: there mm-hmm. are actually people out there, and you're gonna think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. but this is the truth. Like I've met people. There are people out there who would prefer getting with someone who's who has kids or who's been through a divorce. This is like I've met someone. I've met two people face to face, Christian, mind you, face to face, who say, "No, I think I'd rather have someone who has kids already." Now their their reasoning was a little funny, but still, but still, their reasoning was, "Well, I don't have to have kids if he's got kids." <laughs> 
Like, I'll just. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I love what you're saying, though, because there's all different types of people who are looking for all different types of things in dating, um, you know, who have different values, like, you know, obviously Christ values, but like, hey, I actually would love to be with the, a single dad, you know. Um, when I was dating, that was not something that was really on my radar because I'm like, hey, I yeah. don't even want to have kids yet now, you know. Yeah. And so, I, but I knew myself enough to go, you know what, and I'm not going to be great at this. <laughs> um, but there are some people who are just called to be moms, like, and they're ready. They're ready now. And so um, I think there's so much value in that. And even with the dating a divorced person, um, it's obviously not ideal, but f- with my husband, I'm like, yeah. oh, I actually see the value in like how God brought us yeah. together and use this because he values marriage more than anyone. Like he is so against divorce. Like it is not his, anytime yeah. he hears about it, he's like, no, it's like one man, one woman for life. Like he's yeah. way more intense about it than me. Um, and he, he is so about like being a husband, being a provider, like all these things that, you know, if you yeah. hadn't been married before, um, I don't know if he would if that would come naturally, if he would have such deep conviction. Um, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's just the fruit that has come from, uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not saying it's a good thing yeah. to go through a divorce and get all this fruit. But if you have to go through it, this is incredible fruit <laughs> to have, you know, and I really see the benefit of it as well. Um, and pretty much every person that I've spoken to who has been through divorce, um, I pretty sure most of them, nine times out of 10, are due to adultery. And the person who is divorced that I've spoken to is like, I 100% believe in marriage. I believe that it is for life. Like they they have such a deep conviction um, and a lot more serious about it from what I found um, than maybe your average Christian who's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to get married. It's going to be fun. And they're kind of more focused on the wedding day or like the fun and the, you know, I get to be with someone then like, oh, this is a lifelong covenant. This is really actually super important and way more of a, a commitment and, and way more intense than maybe I'm making it out to be, you know? Um, so there are definitely, there are definitely, um, <laughs> you know, uh, how can I say this without, I'm trying to choose my words wisely because I want to p- hit people to hear my heart. There is um, definitely amazing fruit that can really bless yeah. someone if they're wanting to, um, you know, get to know somebody who's been divorced, get to know their story, um, you know, find out, and also yeah. are those patterns that they had in their previous marriage still going? Like, have they got, have they got history with the Lord? Have they been um, being sanctified? Like, if they were the one that did the wrong thing, um, you know, or or you know, get yeah. I don't want to be judgy, but like, you know, oh, they were the one that was unfaithful. Or they were the one that did something. You know, has there been a process? I've heard incredible redemption stories of families. There's one family that shares with Moral Revolution. Um, that I was kind of telling you about before where he was cheating on his wife actively. He was so broken. He was in pornography. She had no idea. She thought he was this amazing Christian worship leader because that's all she ever saw until they got married. And then like a couple years later, it came out. He'd been cheating on her the whole time and then literally kept doing it. <laughs> um, and she you know, forgave him. They had to work through it. But then actually coming to freedom and actually finding Christ and being sanctified and working through that. They have the most incredible testimony of what the Lord did. Um, And so I love that, you know, no one is beyond the father. No one is beyond redemption. Um, No one is beyond, is beyond his love and grace. Um, But he does call us to a higher standard still. There's still grace, but it's 
hey, I love you too much to let you stay in this place and to continue to be destructive because this is, you know, destroying your relationships and, yeah. you know, future marriage as well. Um, but let me actually call you higher and then meet you in that place and, and love you through it, which I think is so <laughs> important. Um, and, and now I love to see that you are just thriving. You are just loving life. You know that you're a catch. You're dating with integrity and honor. <laughs> no, um, You're getting no, to know women. No. You're not having pre- uh, premarital sex, I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. I never actually asked you. I'm just assuming so you can confirm that for me. Um, you're not having premarital sex. You're honoring the Lord with your mind and your body. Um, and you're looking for somebody to really run the race with you, right? And, and to do the work of the kingdom and to love your, your daughters. And I just, I feel like that's so incredible. And so there's a few questions that I wrote down while you were telling your testimony and, and just one observation. I felt like um, the power of love was so incredible in your testimony. The power of that unconditional love that didn't um, shame, but actually... Mm-hmm. Um, told you who you were right um, and that's what the father does I love um, reading I think it's culture of honor where Chris Valentin talks about you know when there's been somebody who's really fallen um, you know that whether it's sexual immorality within the church or anything like that and they actually just ask them hey what happened like rather than shaming them condemning them you're a bad person rah, rah, rah. it's like hey what actually happened in your heart let's affirm that this is not who you really are um, and they actually just affirm like you're a do- you're a son or daughter of God. Like this is this this this, and there's such a restoration culture rather than a shaming culture that people, f- you know, walk out and feel so encouraged. Um, you know, they're willing to change. They're willing to just allow the Lord to do such a work in them, and their relationships end up being like ten times stronger. Um, but then when you get to the shaming culture, I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever been shamed into loving God more, shamed into being yeah. sanctified more. You know. Um, is a terrible motivator and it doesn't bring people closer to, to the father. Um, and so I love that you, I love that those two really pivotal moments in your, in your story were, oh, people showed me unconditional love. So I could actually come to a place of knowing Jesus. If those moments had gone really differently, if you had have stood up in front yeah. of your entire church and confessed and poured out your heart and they said, you know what, we expel you from our community um, you know, you, oh, this, yeah. you are not welcome anymore. Yep. Um, you know, you probably would have thought very differently about God because we're actually representing God as so differently about the father's love. Like they actually got yeah. to show you that unconditional acceptance mm-hmm. and love and actually, but still call you higher. Hey, this is who you really are. This is how we see you and speak life and truth into you. Um, and that actually caused you to go, okay. I want to grow closer to the Lord. And as you grow closer to the Lord, it's not to yeah. become a different person. Oh, I need to change. But, I mean, you, you probably knew, yeah, I need to change, right? But, like, I'm not beating myself up. I'm not yeah. forcing myself to be different. But as I draw closer to the Lord, it's like as I look at him, as I behold him, I become what I behold and actually become more like him. I'm changed into his image and his likeness. And the things of the world are no longer um, as desirable to me. And I actually start to change and these things that I wanted and these things that I, you know, used to um, self-medicate or um, give me a sense of comfort or anything like that, a sense of love. I actually don't need those things anymore. And so, yeah, I just felt like that was a really powerful point to just um, really like hone in on because I feel like around this topic and I'm talking to myself more than anyone because I used to be quite judgy about it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and 
And I think that's the amazing thing about progressive revelation. <laughs> you never know in a couple years time uh, what the Lord is going to give you a compassion and a grace for. Um, and, you know, some of my, my awesome friends, I was part of a, a, a group back in Australia, which was for women who basically were single moms. And a lot of them were divorced. They, um, and it was women who dealt with drug addiction. So most of them had dealt with drug addiction. They were divorced or separated. They had kids. Had these so crazy good. stories. And, and God just gave me such a compassion and such a heart for them. And they had actually come to Christ after all of this. Um, and a lot of, some of them had turned to prostitution um, to, you know, kind of keep their habit going and to see the redemption. And I was like, you know, who am I to judge yeah. anybody else's walk, anybody else's relationship, anybody else's anything? Like, that is between them and the Lord. But I get to love them and actually show them who Jesus is. Um, and and there's such power in that. Now, if people are still doing that stuff, doesn't mean, you you know, I'm not saying get into a relationship with them. But I just love that. Um you know, there is such redemption and such <laughs> grace that the Father so gives good. us that we do not deserve that while we were still sinners, while you were still in your mess, he chose to die for you so that you can walk <laughs> in the freedom and the unity of, of the that Spirit. Um, anyway, this is turning to a preach, so I want to come to a question. <laughs> I just get so excited. I'm like, Jesus, you're so good. <laughs> like, you had, me, you had me on a roller coaster, Darren. We started laughing, then I cried a bit. Now we're back to like preach and then I'll stop laughing and I'll probably cry again. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> because I, I wanted to ask you a question. I've seen time and time again um, that when people come into marriage, when they're struggling with sexual addiction, when they're struggling with pornography, when they're struggling with any sort of thing like that, I keep hearing testimony after testimony after testimony of how destructive that is to a marriage. Um, I've only really heard it from men. I'm sure it's, it occurs for women. The people that I've heard speak um, are men. Um, but can you speak to why you think it's important to be healthy and whole before getting into marriage in a sexual area? So, you know, um, to have healing from things like molestation, um, pornography, be freedom from pornography, um, heart issues before marriage and kind of um, what God has revealed to you about if you don't have healing, what that can actually cause. Because I feel like a lot of people, I'm talking to the girls and guys here, you know, they're like, oh, he still struggles with porn, but it's not that big of a deal. And I've even had girlfriends who were married um, and yeah. their husbands struggled with porn and, they, and they're like, don't do it. Like, just please don't marry somebody who's actively in a porn addiction because that's actually what ruined my marriage. And, and the statistics are coming out that people who struggle with porn, yeah. um, like, I think it was like 99% of people, uh, couples that divorced yeah. um, um, said that this was the re uh, one of the reasons, a, the main reason that question. they, they divorced. So I just love um, you to speak more into that if you can. I would, I would say um, you can't effectively, can effectively love your bride as Christ loved the church um, if you haven't really become whole. Um, and received your healing it's like it's like that saying you know we said we said in the very beginning you know hurt people hurt people but free people free people mm -hmm. um there there's there's a huge also there's one thing that i want to mention there's a huge difference between continuing to walk Come in on. a sanctification well, process and not admitting you have a problem so when when some people say oh yeah i struggle with porn um 
I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would look at what they're doing. Like, what are they, what are they doing to, to, to get away from that, um, to, to abstain from that, or you know, any of those things? Like, are they, are they part of a group? Are they part of? Mm-hmm. Do they have a spiritual father? You know, what accountability do they have in their life for that? Because it's not healthy. Um, so like what I'm saying is there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. someone saying, oh, yeah, I struggle with porn, but they don't do anything about it. You know, it's like they're not really willing to admit that what they're doing is really bad. And I'm not trying to shame anybody here. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also want you to know that I was there. I was I was that guy. Oh, yeah, you know, I struggle with, with porn or whatever. And it's not that big of a deal. But, but like, r- when you figure out the roots, You've got to go. You've really got to. You've got to go to that. You've got to go to that root. And for me, it was years ago, and like the Lord brought healing. Now that's not to say that Darren didn't struggle with it after that. You know, it was like, but it wasn't an everyday thing. You know, two or three times a day. Like, there's a huge difference. Like, you don't. You don't want to. You don't want to say that you haven't overcome something just because you had one fall. Like, I think about. I think about the alcoholic. You know, um, just because he had one mm-hmm. fall in, in, say, a year's time, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, you haven't really broken free. Sorry, man, you're not, you're not really whole. Um, so I would, I would say, first off, you really need to figure out what wholeness is. And for mm-hmm. me, wholeness is not having strongholds. And, and basically a stronghold is something that you haven't fully released or surrendered to God. Mm-hmm. And okay. what that looks like practically is doing the things that make you uncomfortable, like sharing with an accountability partner, like, Hey man. And for me, it's, it's all for me. It's always, it's easier for me to share with someone who's going through it. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to share it with them cause they're going through it. But what I have found brings more healing mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't bring that much freedom because you're just yeah. like doing the same thing yeah. at the same time. And then <laughs> no. I would say it's like you heard someone say, if you want to get to freedom land, follow to someone if who's you're been there, who knows freedom, the way. Talk right? with someone who you're really intimidated about talking with. So for me, it was my spiritual father. You know, he has he has uh, he has nine kids, and you know. His, he's he's been he's been a, a believer for so many years. He's he's been married to his wife for so many years. They're amazing. Um, like he's an amazing guy. He doesn't he doesn't struggle with this stuff. Okay, this is not something that that is still in his in his life. So it was a bit of a struggle to want to go to him. But I was like, you know what? I was so broken. I was like, I've got to get past this. I've got to get past this. So whatever it took, whatever you know, whatever I've got to do. So I actually, I, I put him and his wife aside and I mm-hmm. said, Hey, look, you know, this is where I'm at. Um, and he's, he's, he's actually the one who's mentored me in this. And, you know, he, his statement at, at the end of the day is all, you know, you've got to, you've got to be seeking Christ, you know, that he is the antidote to every stronghold that we have. And you, you can't, you can't say I'm a Christian and, you know, want to release all these strongholds to God, but don't read your Bible. You know, not part of not part of a church body, not really growing in intimacy with others, you know, not 
seeking the Lord. You know, you can't really say, you know, all these things and not do all that. And, and you know, it's not it's not performance and, oh, I want to be better for God. It's not that. It's a, um, I would say it, it is, so Paul calls it a race. Well, in a race, like there's a track. It's a natural fruit. Well, all of these things are track to Jesus. You know, reading your Bible, you know, having a Bible study, having an accountability partner, you know, all these things are track to Jesus. And that's why, for me, that's why Paul calls it a a race. It's like, it's actually a race. Like it's something you've got to run towards. Um, And these are, these are all things that are tracks to him. Um. So I would say it's very number one. It's very important to do that. Um, number two, do not, do not, do not mm-hmm. sit in shame. Like you have, you have got it. You are way better than that. You're, you're Jesus. Here's the thing. Jesus isn't going to do. You know, mm-hmm. you're a horrible person. How could you do this? You know, you've known about me for 15 years. That's the one. The devil loves to use that. You've known about God for so many years. You've been to church. You know, how could you do that? The devil really loves to play in that. But I would say, look, being in the arms of the Father is way better than sitting in shame. Like, sitting in shame literally disqualifies you from being held by the Father. Why? Because you're still, what you're doing, and it's unconsciously. You're not doing it consciously. It's it's subconsciously. What you're doing is you're saying Darren couldn't amount to where God wanted him, so I've got to I've got to stay over here. But whenever you say, whenever you realize Darren's never going to amount to where God wants me, it's because of Jesus that I can be here. It's not because of me. It's because of Jesus. So being in shame is almost to an extent not fully believing the gospel. The gospel is. Buddy, that's where you belong. You belong in the arms of the Father. Like, th- that's what he paid for. Don't don't sit over here and say, oh, I'm a worm. You know, I'm not that much of a Christian. You know, people are going to think bad about me. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff, which comes with shame. Instead, say, no, my Father says I deserve front row. I am front and center. And so that's where I'm going to sit. And, you know, doing that is what allows you to break through all of these strongholds. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> I think yeah, I was like, what that was that? media thing that does it. <laughs> I'm yeah. I just scared you, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> I'm playing around. With it. Wow. You know, I just it just popped up, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can do this as a preach. I wonder if I can do like a little it. cheer. Wait, let's do it again. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's literally just the good news. Like, when you are a son or no, a daughter, so you're front and center. God's, God's not so worried. The really the reality is God's not trying to get you somewhere because you're already there. Like, in his, in his eyes, you are already positioned in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What is righteousness? You're in right standing with him. You are already there. So your job is to, to take your seat and literally be loved. What, is, what does be loved look like? It's funny we're called the beloved because mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be loved. And he is the lover. He's the great lover. He is, he is love. So his job is to love you, and mm-hmm. our job is to be loved. 
Um, but I will say in all of that, there's so much, there's so much things that we can do to help center ourselves to be loved. Um, there's some things that we do have to get, there's some things that we have to give up. There's some things that we can no longer do. And all of that is just Mm -hmm. positioning ourselves to be loved by him. And some people are probably wondering, like, well, what is it that I can't do? Well, probably going to the bar every day after work is not the best way to be loved. I'm just saying. Um, you know, there's there's this, this preacher I was talking to, and this is like the this is like the meat of it. The other stuff mm-hmm. was like, yes, get over here, it's awesome, it's the good news. Now this is the meat. <laughs> the meat is don't pass by. The... Yeah, yeah, it's that's it, that's it. So, I mean, you can't have yeah, one or the, the other. It's the truth that but comes with the, the grace, though, right? It's, it's the calling high It's all for your good. Grace. Like, it's because he loves you. Yeah. Because he loves us. Um, this preacher grace said, uh, he's like, well, if you struggle with pornography, mm-hmm. you know, don't, mm-hmm. if there's two routes to work, don't take the route that passes by the strip joint every day. Like, if, if you know you struggle with, with pornography or, 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 or uh, alcoholism or whatever, whatever it is, if mm-hmm. there's more than one route to work, don't pass by there. Like, go over here. Like, like literally, make the devil work to get you over there. Like, you mm-hmm. position yourself to where it's easier for you to be loved. Be loved yeah, come to on. To be that beloved. And those are just some things that you do. You know, it, it's that. It, it's getting involved in a Bible study. And these are all just ways to position yourself to be loved. Like I said, that is that is our job. Our job is to be loved. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And setting yourself up for success, too, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I, I work at a bar. If I struggle with alcoholism. <laughs> I don't know how I fell back into it. I've been sober. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. You're like, what? Like, what? A lot of wisdom Look how that. that happened. It's like actually we can be intentional. But here's, here's to set what I'll say: you can success. also have the opposite um, because I've oh, also so the opposite. Do not set yourself not up sure. to just be a performer. And and performance looks like okay, I'm gonna do all the things so that way I can get a certificate. But you're not really there to be loved. Yes. You're just there to perform. You're just there to get through this. You're there to to get your, your sobriety badge, you're there to get all these things so that you have something to account for, you have something to show for, you can, so when you meet Jesus, you can say, okay, Jesus, I got my sobriety ring, see, and he's like, I was trying to love you the whole time, and you never even met with me, so, so there's that also, yeah, there, there's that also, and I'm not saying that that can't produce yeah, fruit, I do on. believe that it can, but without the spirit, yeah, without, without love, it's not going to produce lasting fruit, because he, here's my thing, you can have a guy who's struggling with pornography, and you know, it's really affecting his marriage, mm-hmm. right, well, he stops, he stops that, and you know what, he's picked up golfing, and crazy thing, crazy thing is, he totally fell in love with golfing, mm-hmm. so now he's golfing five days a week, and he's not spending time with his wife. He's not, you know, dedicated to her. She needs this. She needs this done. There's an op- there's so many opportunities for him to love his wife, but he's disregarded those because he's had this golf tournament set up, or he's he's got to go with his buddies. He's got to his golf game has got to be on point. So there's also that. Like that's why I say it's so important to set yourself up to be loved, not to set yourself up to perform. That's not what we're after. What we're after is. All these things are literally just setting yourself up to be loved by him. That's it. 
And that will produce lasting yep. fruit, not the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Come on. Oh, I need to get that little cheer up again. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> All right. I love it. Now that I know that's there, I'm going to have a little too much fun. Everyone's going to get annoyed. Okay, I have one question to end on. And um, while you answer it, I'm going to run to the loo because I just bought a gallon water bottle and I'm busting. And I'm just going to be real. Like, this whole time I've been like, okay. oh, don't say anything. You're on a podcast. Like People are going to be listening. Okay. But I have to pee so bad. So Thank you for the I'm going to ask you this question and I'm going to run. And I'm going to come back. But I can, listen, I said, I can still hear you. Thank you for the okay? vulnerability. So, <laughs> sorry if that was too much information. Sorry? <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I can sit here, but there's going to be a mess in a minute, and then that's probably going to be even worse. Or I can just be honest and say, look, i got to go. And I'm a nurse, so I don't really – nothing's TMI for me. Um, how do you stay in hope? So how do you stay in hope in, in okay. you know, going through everything right. that you've gone so through? So I start talking. How do you stay in hope for a marriage okay. one day and just hope right, in so general? How do I I'm going to leave you with that while I go pee. <laughs> well, the reality is, you know, it, it, it's all identity. You know, for me, it is 100% identity. It is knowing that I am so worth Christ dying for. Like he literally lived his entire life thinking about how could, how could he love Darren? Um, so when I see that, when I see myself through the eyes of the father, there's, it's very hard to believe. It's really hard to not have hope whenever you Whenever you think about all the things that he's done, and then and then you think about all the things that I had done, you know, before I was like had really received Christ as my Lord and Savior, before I had really been converted, like I think about all those things, um, and so sorry, some of my workers walked in. I'll be out in just a bit. Um, so when you whenever you're thinking about and seeing yourself through the eyes of Jesus. It's very hard not to have hope because he's reminding you of your worth. He's reminding you of all the things that he's done for you. He's reminding you, hey, your past doesn't matter. Only your future with me matters. So that's how you stay rooted in hope is you just stay focused on the eyes of Jesus for you. How does he see me? Because when you see how – here's the thing. When my daughters know how I see them, they're not afraid to come and ask me for stuff. But whenever my daughters think, whenever I'm holding every little thing against them, here's the thing. Love keeps no record of wrongs, right? And I'm going to use this just in, in, this, in this aspect. So if I was to keep all of the wrong things in mind that my daughters had done, when they come to me and they ask me for this amazing thing, I'm not going to start listing off, well, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that, you did this. So no, sorry, not going to get you that. Especially whenever I know it's good for them. Like here's the thing. Having a good wife is good for you. It's good for you. It's good for you. Mm -hmm. It's good for you. It's part of the good news, okay? It's part of the good news. If you're, if you're believing that you, you're supposed to settle for bad, you're not really believing the good news. Like, that's come part on. of the good news is that Jesus has come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. So you, think about it. If Here's, here's the thing. Sorry, i got to drop this real quick because it came to mind. It's very easy. It's very easy for Darren to believe. You know what? I don't really deserve a Christian woman, so I'm gonna have to Do settle. It. You know, Go because you know I'm I'm a divorcee. I've got kids. 
that doesn't produce life for my daughters. That doesn't produce life for me. Like it's not, it's not in God's creation for me. And that's actually, <laughs> this is going to be even harder truth for some people, but I feel like you, you need to, you need to hear it. And then you need to go read your Bible and see where I'm coming from. You do not need to be unequally yoked. I'm sorry. Dating is not the mission field. Dating is not a mission field. It is not a mission field. The reality is you do not belong there. Like you belong with someone who Christ died to give you. Okay. If someone doesn't know that they can't effectively love you. The other thing is, you know, Eve was created to be a helper. Now, I I believe also Adam was created to help Eve. That's my belief. I'm not going to get into that right now because that could be a whole nother talk. Um, but anyways, they were both created to um, to help each other and to live with each other. Um, there were things mm-hmm. that Adam was supposed to do and there were things that Eve was supposed to do. And it was supposed to bring about a great fruit. Here's the thing. If they're not doing things that are going to add value to your life, to your life, excuse me. And and the way I see that is if they don't know Jesus, if they haven't haven't yielded their life to Jesus, they're really not going to bring anything that is going to produce fruit in your life. So you don't need to be yoked to them. Um. So if they if 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 they can't help you, they shouldn't have you. That's just the way I see it. And it's 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 raw truth. But here's the thing: a lie is here's the lie. The lie is nobody out there is going to love Darren. Nobody mm-hmm. out there is going to think about Darren as a good husband. Nobody out there is going to want to put up with two daughters. That's a lie. I've met two people face-to-face who've told me face-to-face who are devout Christians, who love Jesus, who have surrendered their lives to him, who are, okay, well, this is on the revivalist panel. Okay, so I can say this. So they're in tune with the Holy Spirit. Like, they've got all the gifts, like, everything. Like, they're super on fire for Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, they have said to me themselves, yeah, I'd probably prefer having a guy with children. So it's a lie. Sorry. If you're believing. Yeah. 100%. That's only true of how many yeah. else probably are the same. And like, and then there's yeah. people who never even thought of it, but then God brings that person. So look at, um, uh, Jason Belton married Lauren and I remember hearing she said she was like oh I hadn't really you know yeah I, I'm paraphrasing so I'm really hoping I'm not butchering what she actually said but like oh I hadn't really thought about marrying someone who was divorced with kids and but then somebody presents themselves in front of you and you're like oh here's the th- actually I like yeah. who they are and this comes as part of the package and now I'm growing yeah. in love with their children and this is awesome this is here's something the I really thing. saw for myself or thought the end know, of the day, sorry, one more thing. Actually, at the end of the really day, um, if your spouse is after Jesus and you have Jesus so in good. you because I, I, you're, you've got your healing and you're, you're seeking him, they're going to see that and they're going to they're gonna know that. They're going to know what it identifies as. And they're going to say, I want this man. I want this woman. Now, again, not everybody is going to say this, but for the people who have grace on their, who, who have that grace on their life where the Lord's like, you know, worked on, on them or just revealed something to them. Maybe he's even gifted them in an area where other people aren't gifted. Here's the reality. Here's the other reality. Some people are just not gifted to to marry a Darren. They're just not gifted in that area. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. Sorry. Yeah. 
Right. They don't have a grace. On, they don't have a grace. Yeah. Um, for the certain things that come with marrying you, it's just like somebody it's wouldn't fine. have a grace for certain things that come with marrying yeah, me. You're not. You're not. Um, out you know, it's just like, oh, hey, everybody. this is just you're not what I'm called to, to do, but that's fine because there's going to be somebody else that's an incredible match for you. Um, and, and I love that because. <laughs> yeah. What exactly? And I love that you don't have the poverty mentality. Oh, there's no one yeah. out here, so the one person I have to make them like me. Yeah, you know what? They might not want kids, but like, I'll just manipulate the situation. I'll learn to love them, and it'll yeah, be now fine. I will like, say, that's not I will that, say, I did struggle you know what, with that at one point, that and I was involved in a relationship for me, like that, and totally it was fine. Horrible. I know there will be others. Um, it was really bad. Others, it was really bad. Um, yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so where you, where you actually felt like, oh, no one yeah, will. Yeah, no, it didn't so work out, and it wasn't honoring God either. Because they don't really and, want children, you know, that, but that maybe it'll come around. Yeah, and it, story it, it itself, didn't But that's why it's so right. important well. for us to just stay grounded and stay firm. No, like, yeah. you've got to know that you're worth dying for. Yeah, and don't back down. Don't back down. Whatever you do, here, here's the thing. Be as confident as you can without being arrogant. Yeah. And you're, you're going to do a great job. Yeah. Say what you're going to say, though. I want to hear what you're going to say. I love that. So good. You can tell we're both so chatty. Hey, well, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I love that the, the mandate to be equally yoked doesn't go away for somebody who is divorced. Um, and so that is still the expectation. That is still the thing that we shoot for. That is still yeah. our kind of like the the thing that we do in obedience to the word. The Bible says, "Do not be equally yoked, unequally yoked." And so, hey, if I want to be equally yoked, that yes. means I get to. Like the Lord is not giving us um, a command without giving us the grace to fulfill it, right? Um, and so somebody is going to come. He doesn't set us up for failure. Be like, oh, don't be unequally yoked, except you, because you do. You, you're divorced, so you just yeah. settle for whoever's around. No, um, <laughs> you know, oh gosh. Or hey, you're this age, just settle. You know, you don't have to. You know, whatever it is, fill it in. Hey, you looked at pornography. You're not going to get an amazing wife or a husband or whatever. You know, I think it's such BS. And so I love that um, staying in hope looks like okay, well. I'm called to be equally yoked. Um, that is something that I like, you know, is is actually biblical. Yes. And I want to obey the Lord with all that I am. And so I trust that I can trust in Him um, to help me do that, rather than yeah. me thinking I have yeah. to cause it to come about and then falling into um, hopelessness because I I have a poverty mentality that there's not enough people around. Um, and I had I had something similar in Australia. I was like, there's no Australian people, maybe. And I said, I, I went on a coffee date with like a Catholic. And I was like, oh no, this is not God's best for me. Um, and there's not, not, there's not, okay. I meant not that there's not anything wrong with Catholics, but again, different stream, different beliefs, different drive. And they That's went to right. church once a once a year. You know, uh, Christmas. And so I, I shouldn't have said Catholic. I should have said this particular type of. You know, because there are incredible charismatic yeah. Catholics that I, you know, who knows how, how well you'd get along with them. But um, for me, I'm like, this is just so different mm-hmm. from my stream and like what I'm going for and the, the yoke of like the gifts of the yeah. spirit, speaking in tongues, like prophesying, everything that I really believe the Lord has for me. 
um, we just wouldn't be yoked in that way. We're we're actually running towards. I'd be wanting to go over here, and you yeah. know, somebody else would be like, oh no, I don't believe in you know whatever it is. And so I love that. Oh, it's let's have an abundance mentality again in dating. There are so many yeah. millions of billions of Christians in the world who love Jesus. There are hundreds, millions of people who are on fire, sold out, laid down lovers of Jesus, who would love to meet you, whoever you are listening, who would love to be married to you, who you would be yeah. incredibly compatible with. And so let's stop going, well, this person will do because I'm lonely um, or no one's going to want to come along who would want somebody that with X, no. Y, and Z, whatever I have going on. Um, so I guess I'll just deal. And that is not God's best for us. And I truly believe that if we trust him, and we stop trying to take control or stop getting into a poverty mentality because sometimes we circumvent what God's trying to do <laughs> because we still have a free will and we can still choose whether to follow him in this or not. Um, we choose to do our own thing. And then he's like, hey, I had a great guy here, but you just oh, missed him because you're too it. busy. You know, it's, it's, I, I saw this incredible meme where the girl's going, Daddy, I don't want to give up my teddy. And she's got this yeah. tiny little teddy bear. And Jesus, will you trust me? And he's got a massive teddy bear behind his back. And she doesn't want to trade it because she doesn't trust him to give us something better. And I think a lot of people, I, I talk to women all the time, and I'm sure guys do this, but I talk to women um, who, you know, they've been hanging on to this one guy for, you know, a couple of years and he's borderline saved. I'm like, this has taken up so much of your time and this isn't God's best for you, but you probably missed all these amazing godly men who would actually want to yeah. date you because you thought there was nothing else that you were worth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's nobody else that would see your worth um, or, or want to date you. Um, and it's actually keeping you trapped and keeping you single longer, actually, and keeping you unmarried and, you know, um, hindering you from having children because you really want to do this. But this one thing you've held on to for so long, which is not God's best. Um, and it just breaks my yeah. heart because I'm like, oh, let's let's <laughs> let's get rid of that. Let's go through some healing and let's let's see who's out there for you. You know, I'm going to do a little I'm going to do a little self promo clap That's here. That's my round Ready? of applause. I found it. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. It was applause <laughs> and it was going around. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, this is dangerous when I find like little fun things to do. It's going around. <laughs> it's circular claps. We're both okay. We're both clapping in circles. Anyway, let's wrap it up there. If you have listened to this, you are incredible. You made it almost an hour and a half into our amazing banter and Darren's incredible testimony of God's goodness. I feel just so full of the spirit. I feel the Lord on this so much, Darren. Thank you so much for joining us. I know so many people are going to feel Uh, so encouraged. Um, Um, If you could just pray for us, pray for anybody that's listening. Thank you so Um, much. Whatever you feel the Lord leading you in. For your mercy and your dedication to your, to your beloved one. Um, I thank you for the sacrifice, the beautiful sacrifice that you made for each of us. Um, to just be consu- to be able to be consumed by the Father's love um, over and over and over and over again. Um, we just thank you for that access. Um, Father, I just ask right now that in the name of Jesus, you would send your Holy Spirit to those that are watching right now. And I just ask that you would embrace them all, embrace them with a way that they would know Without a doubt, they would know that they know that they know that you are for them, you are with them, you are not against them, 
that you have all of these amazing treasures in store for them, God, that you are wanting to meet their needs according to your riches and glory, God. I thank you, God, that you have set them up on a pedestal to just love them and give them all of these treasures. So, yeah, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for just embracing them right now. I just speak a peace over their mind, a peace that surpasses understanding with all of the situations that they're going through, um, knowing that there's so many tough situations right now. And I just speak a peace which surpasses understanding to just come into their mind and take up residence so that way anything else, any other babbling that's going on in their mind would just be casted out because this peace is taking up residence. Oh, yeah. Jesus, I just thank you for your gift of joy, <laughs> for your gift of joy just knowing you. I just ask that you would reveal yourself in a greater measure to everybody watching this so that they would see how beautiful and and, and really just how attractive you are so that they would become more and more attracted to you so that whenever they look for relationships, God, they're going to look for you in those relationships because you're so attractive. You're so beautiful. You're so good. And I just thank you so much for that. And I cancel any shame right now. We just laugh at shame because it's not the good news. Yeah, we just laugh at shame in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that that you're coming forth right now with a mighty sword and you're just piercing through spirit and spirit and soul and soul and you're separating the things that are not of you, God. I thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, Father, I thank you that you are leading each of these individuals that are watching this video. You are leading them to your heart for them. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here right now and just being that, that guidance, that guider. Thank you for guiding them to the heart of the Father. Yeah. yeah. I would pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. I just found another track, so I think a great way to leave on this is let's laugh. At the lie. I'm already laughing. I'm sorry. Um, trying like, to keep us in shame and like, trying to say that there's no one out there who would want to date let's us. Lie. Okay, let's just laugh at that. Like, Ready? Come on, like you all gotta laugh with us right <laughs> now because it's, it's it's so it's so easy to believe that lie. But whenever you see like the heart of the Father for you, it's like why would I even believe that? <laughs> one of those things. One of those things. Yeah. So good. So good. Why would I even yeah, believe Y'all have an amazing day. Thank you, Come Beck. On. This was awesome. So good. Bless All right, everybody. Darren, thanks so much for joining us today. And I hope you have a great one. Oh, sorry. I, I cut it. I thought you were done.